Hey everyone, I'm Gabrielle Santiago and welcome to Living Revelations Podcast. We're here to help you find God real in everyday life. We will be talking about how to hear from God, how to have a relationship with Him, and what it looks like to walk into your God-given purpose as you do life with God. I want to invite you to take life a step at a time closer to Christ with us. This is Finding God Real in Everyday Life. Hey guys, this is Gabby. Thanks for tuning in. So today I'll be talking on the humility of Jesus. So the humility of Jesus is like nothing in this world. And I pray that after we go through the scriptures that we're about to go through in this moment, that the Holy Spirit would open up your eyes to see the beauty of the humility of Jesus, that it would cause us to be even more rooted in His love. Because recently I've just been so marked by the humility of Jesus and how timely it is too that we are just, you know, passing the Christmas holiday. It's just so timely for us to even ponder how Jesus, though He was God, He put on flesh. He came down on earth as a baby and grew up as a man for our sins. Like what humility that our God has done. So I really, again, pray that you guys would be blessed by this and just encouraged by what we're about to go through. So as we talk about the humility of Jesus, I want to start off in Matthew 1 and talk about the incarnation of Jesus, of God becoming man. So I'm going to read here a portion of Matthew 1, 18, and then verse 20 to 23 and 25. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, to Joseph, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pause real quick. You know, Joseph was thinking about leaving Mary when he found out that she was married. But here we see that God is so faithful and he spoke to Joseph and reminded him that this baby that Mary is having is conceived from the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then it later on says here, and and Joseph did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. So I love this, even the latter part, when it says here that this all happened according to prophecy. You know, Isaiah prophesied that God, you know, God spoke through Isaiah and Isaiah prophesied that the virgin she'll have a son. And this is so important because Jesus is God. And we know that he is God and not just man. He was also man, but he was also God. And we know that because again, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Yes, Mary carried her, but Mary did not know Joseph. You know, they didn't have sexual relations. She was a virgin, yet she was able to give birth to a son, Jesus. And so this already shows us, number one, that there's no question of a doubt that Jesus was God. He was not just a prophet or just a regular man like what other religions talk about. Jesus is God and there is, and it is, it is impossible for a virgin to have a child. We've never seen that 
out of all the thousands of years that this earth has existed, that humanity has existed, it is impossible, which shows us that only God can do that and that Jesus is God. But I want to focus in today on the side of the humility of Jesus. The fact that Jesus was willing, though He is God, He was willing to come down and put on flesh. You know, that's not something glorious. We know that the flesh is full of weaknesses. We get hungry, we get sleepy. You know, Jesus was sinless. He didn't have any sin, but He still had limitations of man. And not only did He willingly come to be a man, but He also willingly gave of Himself to suffer for us. You know, scriptures say in Isaiah that He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't open His mouth. And when you read in the Synoptic Gospels about the latter parts of Jesus, He did not, you know, try to defend Himself or fight. He was literally like a lamb that just surrendered and gave Himself to be crucified. Why, you might ask? Because Jesus knew that He had to die for us. Jesus knew, it says, you know, Revelation says, before the foundation of the world, Jesus was crucified. Before the foundations of the world, it was His heart, He was determined. God had this plan all along, because God is all-knowing. But the humility of Jesus to be willing to come down, shed His blood for us so that we could be saved, that's why John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Like This is why God gave Jesus and why Jesus gave of Himself, because He loves us. The humility of Jesus. Why was Jesus willing to go so low? Because His love for us was so great, guys. The humility of Jesus. I pray that, again, that this message would only provoke you to ask the Lord to open up your eyes to see His humility, to see the humility of God's Son, Jesus. I love Philippians 2, and I'm gonna read here 5, verse 5 to 11. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation in taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Guys, like Jesus, even though He was God, He didn't consider it like, oh, I'm not gonna put myself in a situation to suffer. Instead, He decided to make Himself of no reputation. That was the Lord. Again, Jesus could have not been crucified. He had power. He had he has control of all you know the angels and, and all the power. But He willingly made Himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant this word bondservant is very important because a bondservant means there's no benefit that you receive. Like a regular servant, you get paid, you know, there's a certain time where you can leave. A bondservant, you work with no pay. There's no nothing, right? And Jesus gave himself, there is no benefit for him to suffer. The only benefit was him having us. And guys, I want to remind you that there is no other gods, you know, lowercase gods, these religions that people are talking about and some that believe like no one loves you. Only the God of the Bible, only Jesus Christ loves you. And he proved it by dying on the cross. And there is historical evidence of people witnessing these things. You know, like I, I, I've just, my heart has just been burning about just the validity of our faith. 
So I want to encourage you as we even talk about the humility of Jesus, that your eyes would be open to His beauty and to be single-eyed towards Him. That you wouldn't look to the right or left or try to find other saviors. There is no greater savior than Jesus Christ. And like I said in the beginning of this video, the humility of Jesus is like no other. You know, the, the way of God is so, you know, Isaiah talks about like God's ways are higher than our ways. His, his kingdom is different. It's, it's not how this world operates, you know, in this world, like when you are, when you have a high standing or if you have a high position, you know, you sit on the tops and you're praised and all these things. But Jesus took the lowest place. He died for us. He was willing to be put on the cross, almost naked in shame, willing for people to spit on his face. And in Psalm, when you read it, it prophesies that Jesus allowed his face to be spit upon. He did all of this because he loves you. Now the good news is Jesus has resurrected and he is seated on the right hand of God and he's up in heaven. But I don't, I don't want us to forget his humility. You know, and, and actually very timely, let me continue reading here in Philippians 2. It says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so like I mentioned, you know, like now Jesus is seated on high and God has exalted him. But going back again to Philippians 2 verse 5, you know, Paul reminds us, let this be in you, which was also in Christ. You know, as we learn about the humility of Jesus, it should provoke us to also walk in humility like he did. You know, when it's hard to go low, when someone is hurting you, when someone has talked back to, about you, remember what Jesus did for you. That's the only way you can walk out of humility, guys. You can't do it apart from Jesus. At least it won't be sustained. But with Jesus, we can walk like him and still be full of love because of his love for us. Right, scriptures say that we love because he first loved us. And this is so true. This is so, so true. In Philippians 2, 1 to 4, I'm reading a little bit earlier in that chapter. It says here, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interest of others. So this is just so important for us to read what Paul says, right? Paul says, like, if you have fellowship or any comfort from Jesus, be like-minded like him. You know, and the scriptures also say that it is God's desire that we become conformed to his image. You know, as we know God, we get to also walk in love and abide in fellowship and walk out in humility. And I pray, you know, as we have opportunities to humble ourselves, let our hearts just burst in tears of joy, reminding ourselves that God humbled himself for us. You know, even I, I, I can't stop thinking about how I got saved. You know, I've shared my testimony many times in our podcasts and videos, but 
I'm only saved by the mercy of God, you know, because Jesus humbled himself, died on the cross for me, and still is pursuing me, drawing me to him. Because I grew up in church, but I, I, I never had a relationship with God. I didn't know what it meant to make him Lord over my life. But he still pursued me, guys. He still sent people to point me to Jesus. And maybe you're listening and you haven't given your life completely to Jesus, but you've heard about him. Know that it's God pursuing you. He doesn't have to, he's God, but he loves every single person in this world like how you love your children. You know, I've shared this before. God gave me this analogy, like if I were to have three kids and one kid passed away, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, I still have two kids, I'm fine. Like, no, I would grieve because that kid was special and you're special to God. Remember why Jesus was willing to be humble. Number one, it's who he is because he is love, but he did it also to save us out of love, right? It's so important that we see this and may his humility and love come out of us. Now, I wanna read some verses to you guys from Isaiah 52 and 53, but I wanna encourage you, for every single person that's listening right now, I wanna encourage you to read all of Isaiah 52 and 53 and ask the Holy Spirit to open up your eyes, like invite the Holy Spirit in. I always pray John, um, John 13, 16, and I invite the Holy Spirit to lead me into all truth, to open up my eyes to see Jesus. Yes, we cannot physically see him on the cross, but we can see with our spiritual eyes through the Holy Spirit. Right? The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, and so we can also have the eyes of Christ, but we just have to ask and seek. Right? Going back to Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open for you. Okay, so I wanna read in Isaiah 52, 13 to 14. It says here, See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and he, his form marred beyond human likeness or beyond human recognition. Man, like when I read this passage, guys, this was like causing me just to tear up. To know that Jesus humbled himself to a point where it says here his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. Meaning that Jesus, you know, he was beaten, he was flogged before he even died on the cross. But it's saying here that his appearance was so disfigured that you couldn't even tell that he was a human being. This is not just talking about you can't tell it's Jesus. He was so beaten all over his body because he wanted to shed his blood for us because he loved us. But he was beaten so much to a point where people could even, right here in the scripture say, we couldn't even tell that he was a human, that he was even a man. This is the humility, the deep, deep love of Jesus. So even when you ever have days where you don't feel like you're loved, no, you are. God loves you so much. Isaiah, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to read all of Isaiah 53 but I wanna read verses five and seven. Again, talking about Jesus. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Even that, you know, the Lord's been highlighting like by his stripes we are healed. You know, he was flogged on his back, skin peeling off, blood shedding, but he did that so that we could find healing now. You know, yes in heaven, but even now. He allowed himself to be 
stripped away of everything to wear the crown of thorns like every part of the sufferings of jesus is for us to find healing for us to find restoration it says he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth again like what i said though he was oppressed and he was beaten he didn't open his mouth he was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent so he opened not his mouth you know, how many times do we, you know, and again, I've, I've had this before where someone speaks wrong and we just want to say it as it is, right? Man, the humility of Jesus to say, stay silent, to humble himself, to love us, to be so patient with us. And I want to end now with reading here in John, John 13. I want to read some passages here. I'm going to start with verses 8 to 9. This is the passage where Jesus is about to be crucified, but he washes the feet of his disciples. And it says here, Peter said to Jesus, you know, Jesus here is washing everyone's feet. Peter says, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also wash my hands and my head. And so, you know, Jesus here, he's serving, he's washing them. He says, if I don't wash you, then you can't have a part in me. You can't be saved. You can't be cleansed. And this is so powerful because Jesus doing this was also foreshadowing what he was about to do on the cross for us. That on the cross, he would shed his blood and cleanse us, right? Now he's serving, going low, washing feet. This was an act of a lowly position, by the way, guys. Like servants would be the ones that would wash people's feet. And so Jesus took upon this low position, but this is a foreshadowing of what he would do on the cross. He would take that low position and become our sacrifice for us to be made right with God. The greatest, greatest love anyone can do is Jesus. And he's the greatest one because he is the highest of all. Yeah, anyone can die for you. But again, don't forget that Jesus is God. He's not just a human being. And so his love, no one can surpass. No one can go deeper than the love of Jesus. And verses, uh, John 13, still verse 14, to 14 and 17. Jesus says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So now what Jesus asks us in return is to love others as he loved us, to serve even if people hurt us, to continue to love them. Obviously set boundaries, but continue to love, to bless your enemies, to pray for them, to serve them. And so I want to pray for you guys now. Lord, I just thank you so much, God, for this, yeah, just for your word, Jesus, and for what you've done for us. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to open up our eyes to see your humility. Lord, that we may love as you loved, God. That's the least we can do is to love you and love your people. And Lord, I pray for those that have been hurt, God. Lord, that these scriptures, that the reality of your love and your humility, I pray that your love would heal them, God, right now, Lord. I feel like some of you that are listening have, have gone through betrayal, you know, close friends, even spouses hurting you. God, I pray that you would fill their hearts with your love. God, would they just be so marked by your humility. And I pray, Lord, that your humility and love would heal every broken heart that it would fill us, God, to a place where we get to experience your fullness, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would only take us deeper, God, deeper, deeper every day to know you more, God. Let us continue to hunger for more of your word, 
to hunger for more of knowing you, God. Let us have the heart that Paul had, where he was determined to know nothing but you and you crucified. To know your sufferings that lead us to the depths of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So I pray that you guys have been blessed by this. And if you have, you know, please also write a review, um, especially if you're listening on, you know, that the Apple podcast that helps us to reach more people. And so you can write a review by just scrolling all the way down, you know, when you're on our um, podcast episode, you can scroll all the way down and start and review it and send us an email. You can email us also any prayer requests that you have and how our ministry has blessed you. We, we love hearing testimonies. And so you can email us at info at livingrevelations.com. And lastly, I want to invite you guys to also sow. You know, I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I want to invite you guys to sow a one-time $5 or more if you can. But our goal is to raise $30,000. And our goal this coming year, 2024, is to create our first ever gospel study book. You know, like I shared before, God's been burning in my heart with the gospel and why Christianity should be one of the first the first religions that people look into. And, and our heart is especially reaching college students, you know, with this gospel study book, with them being able to see Jesus, being able to see the credibility and the validity of who he is and why he is the only one true God and why he had to come down and save us and what the good news is. And so your gift, even of a one-time $5, is going to be towards making this happen. And it's going to be made, guys, in 2024. So I want to invite you all to give because we can't do this alone. We need funds. We need funds to distribute. We need funds to make this. And, you know, the $30,000 is also for us to continue creating resources, like what you're watching and listening to on top of this gospel study book. So you can give at livingrevelations.com slash donations. God bless you all, and I'll talk to you guys next time. There are estimated around 2 billion millennials in the world and around 2.5 billion Gen Z in the world. In the U.S. alone, there are more than 100 million millennials and Gen Z that don't believe in Jesus. Can you imagine how many unbelievers there are in the whole world? And there is an increasing number of Christian millennials and Gen Z who are leaving the faith. The rate of Christians becoming non-Christians continues to increase. And if we follow this trajectory, it is estimated that in 2070, only 35% of the population in the U.S. alone will be Christians. Many are leaving the faith because people are not seeing Jesus rightly and finding God real in their lives. Our mission at Living Revelations is to help others find God real in everyday life through blogs, podcasts, media, online Bible studies, and conferences. More than ever does this generation need a revelation of Jesus. And those who are currently believers need to be instructed with the Word of God and reminded to obey God in their daily lives to see Him real. We are committed to planting seeds of God's Word in the hearts of the next generation throughout the world. Here are some of the seeds we've planted around the world. Hi everyone, my name is Clara. My name is Ariana. Hi, I'm Renella. I'm Ellen from South Korea. I just want to give a shout out to Gabby and Michael. I am so appreciative of everything they've done. Gabby uh, was really there for me, really listened to me, and uh, she prayed for me. And honestly, it's exactly what I needed. 
I was struggling a bit with my relationship with God and trying to stay connected to Him. And I think I underestimated how important community was. It has tremendously blessed my life. I have met with other women from other walks of life, which has kept me encouraged and strengthened. I get to know the Word of God for myself, follow Jesus wholeheartedly. I'm very much planted and I'm, I feel God really just um, bringing me to different uh, levels in my life. I absolutely love their podcast episodes and I am in the process of reading her book, Single But in a Relationship with God. Gabrielle openly shares her imperfections and vulnerabilities, which deeply moved me. I was greatly inspired by her courage and most importantly, through her story, I felt a strong sense of God's love and grace. And from the first night alone, I felt impacted. I felt like it was really, it was really a good change that I needed. And also it helps me to remember that I'm not alone in this journey of becoming closer to Christ. So thank you, Living Revelations. Our podcasts have had over 40,000 downloads. Our social media posts are reaching 120,000 people weekly. Our blogs too have reached around 30,000 people hitting almost every continent in the world. We have also seen a great transformation in the girls we discipled through our online Bible studies. Our online Bible study is a place where we dive deep into the Word, learn how to grow our relationship with God, and build community for the girls to encourage one another. We have had over 350 girls from over nine countries be a part of our online Bible studies. Our goal is to see an increase of faithful Jesus lovers among millennials and Gen Z by sowing seeds of God's truth worldwide to help them find God real in their everyday life. The Bible makes it so clear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Lord says in His Word, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. We are looking to raise $30,000 for this coming year to produce study guides for others to study the Bible, to continue producing more media, and to expand online Bible studies and conferences. Will you sow a seed to the next generation? You can give and partner with us today at livingrevelations.com forward slash donations. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and are blessed. Check out our blogs at livingrevelations.com and follow Living Revelations on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast to others if you've been blessed. See you all in the next podcast.